Good morning. It is uh, 10.07. The more I think about uh, Catherine Dreher and and her race in District 10 for the state uh, Senate seat, the more I think that is the ideal place for a libertarian to run. If you're socially tolerant and you're fiscally conservative and there's only a Republican in the race, wow, that's the place to go. That's where to vote. What an opportunity. Just perfect. Uh, Her name is Catherine Dreher, D-R-E-H-E-R. She's still putting that website together because libertarians have to work with uh, pennies compared to uh, Democrats and Republicans who work with big dollar uh, donors. But she's putting it together, and I think she'd be, uh, it would be an opportunity for people to sit back and see whether or not I'm right about libertarian candidates. And I think you'd be impressed. So if you're uh, listening to us there, give her a look-see. You might just be surprised at what uh, a real uh, constitutionalist does in office. Anyway, we got to move on because uh, there's so much more. Uh, speaking of uh, state races, Eric Schmidt, you, you might want to start calling him <laughs> Senator Schmidt. Uh, he is knocking him dead. Uh, he is uh, about uh, 11 points. Yeah, he's way even more than that. He's like uh, 14 points ahead. Uh, at least 10 points. Uh, so he is he's looking like uh, he's going to win. And that's a good thing. I, I, I don't dislike him. I think he did, he did uh, wonders, at least with a couple of issues that I care about. Um, it's another indicator... The the abortion issue is supposed to be big with the Democrats. And yet, here you have a, a Senate candidate. Arguably, it's a red state. But still, you would think that if you were really, uh, you know, motivated by the abortion issue, you would see a different outcome. Uh, and it's not happening. He's He's just knocking them dead. Uh, abortion is not, as it turns out, I think, the issue that's going to decide the Senate campaigns uh, across the state. The, the, the worst thing hurting the Republicans are the candidates themselves. Uh, and I got to tell you, uh, part of the problem, part of the problem is the Trump candidates. They've got a real challenge uh, on their hands. Uh, I know you guys love Donald Trump, and I, I hear anytime I say anything negative about him, I get swamped with phone calls and messages, but he has backed some really questionable candidates. There's, speaking of Trump, there's a, a piece in the Wall Street Journal about uh, Donald Trump. It says, GOP needs to leave Trump behind on trade. His tariffs harmed American consumers. The party of freedom should stand for free exchange. Uh, the uh, the article talking about free trade uh, is uh, written by a former chairman of the House Financial Services Committee, uh, Henserling, and uh, he's an economics fellow at the Cato Institute. And he points out that Republicans should not have been in favor of these tariffs because this this is a tax on you. Uh, Today, he writes, the concern of most blue-collar workers isn't the loss of their jobs to foreign competition. It's the loss of buying power from a shrinking paycheck and historic inflation. 
I doubt many elites shop at Walmart, but working people do. Though the Bentonville, Arkansas-based retailer doesn't advertise the fact, Walmart remains the nation's largest importer. The Zebco fishing rods that Walmart sells are produced in China. The cowboy-cut Wrangler jeans likely come from Bangladesh. Their shelves are stocked with tons of affordable, foreign-produced goods that help working families make ends meet. That, that was a tariff. Those tariffs were attacks on middle-class Americans. Uh, Ronald Reagan uh, uh, said in 1986 that our, tre- our trade policy rests firmly on the foundation of free and open markets. President Trump tweeted, the word tariff is a beautiful word indeed. And they imposed, to cheers from parts of the Republican uh, Party, tariffs as much as 50% on steel, on aluminum, an array of Chinese goods, after the party of free trade for almost 40 years, some Republicans need a refresher course on the danger of protectionism. The, the price of a washing machine, you remember the steel tariffs and all that, skyrocketed right after uh, they, he, he got his uh, tariffs passed. Price of steel went up. And that's why I was so opposed to those tariffs. It was a tax that you paid. Foreign competition isn't killing U.S. manufacturing jobs. Productivity is. According to the American Iron and Steel Institute, it took 10.1 hours to produce a ton of steel in 1980. Today, one and a half hours. While there are fewer manufacturing jobs than there were 40 years ago, the ones that remain pay better because of productivity gains. According to the Center for Strategic and International Studies, the median income of blue-collar workers in manufacturing increased 50% in inflation-adjusted dollars between 1960 and 2019. Those tariffs were a bad idea, and we need to get rid of them. It's a confusing mess. Tariffs are a tax on you. You're the one who pays it. It's not the corporations, you. And I, I, I will tell you honestly, his tax cuts were brilliant and great for the economy, but he could have had a much better economy if it weren't for the tariffs. Those literally handcuffed him. Uh, 874-9390, toll free, 800-529-5572. Getting you into the studios here. Let's see. Uh, Greg says uh, you need to stop bashing Donald J. Trump, saying that his candidates that he likes are bad or questionable. At questionable at best is just stupid. He knows who uh, he knows what's going on and he is fighting for us. Yeah, I know. He is a god. Donald Trump is the god from out of the east. He never makes a mistake. Except when he does. Look, I'm not, you know, Mr. Anti-Trump, but Greg, the candidates he picked, Dr. Oz? Really? And, and in Georgia? Oh, my God. Uh, he has picked some candidates that are going to really be challenged to win. And there were other good candidates. In, even Vance in Ohio was a, 
was not the best candidate. He picked some stinkers. I, I know you think he knows what's going on and, and everything, but he doesn't pick good candidates. Occasionally, but generally no. Uh, let me go to the phones here. Uh, I'll probably get more more hell on this. It's Herb. Herb, welcome. How are you? I am well. Uh, prior to Trump, uh, the Chinese and Europe had just tragic uh, tariffs against uh, products coming out of the United States, and they still do. You know? Good. So then uh, we, so we get to shoot our side of the boat too. Okay. Now, how did the founders envision our government, our limited government, the eight enumerated powers? How did our uh, founders envision the uh, country being financed? Excise tax, tariff, and uh, yes, correct. And uh, it, it's supposed to be the great equalizer. So if China wouldn't reduce their tariffs on on all of our products. Trump slapped tariffs on them. So if China and, wants to blow a hole in their side of the canoe, we get to blow a hole in our side of the canoe. And that well, makes what, and that makes it better? What was the effect of China uh, putting tariffs on all of our goods? It meant more manufacturing jobs in China, correct? But, putting tariffs on our goods... I'll tell you what putting yeah. tariffs on our goods meant, Herb. It meant people that are suffering and struggling, trying to make ends meet, and the middle class all paid way more for goods than they should yeah. have. It, Look, it there is a cash imbalance, Herb. There's a yeah, cash correct. imbalance when you have this kind of trade. They have that, that, they've got the cash imbalance just like you have with your grocer. It doesn't work right. out negatively. And the only time, and I've said this before, the only time that we did not have a trade imbalance was the Depression. Okay. Now, how were we supposed to get China to allow our products to come into China uh, without duties and absolute forbidden from coming in and Chinese? Look, tariff? if how China wants to make to their people pay more for goods, that's their business. If they want to no. undercut and, and uh, subsidize their exports and go broke even faster, that's their business. I wouldn't get in the way of that. Was more manufacturing jobs coming into America when Trump put the tariffs on the Chinese goods? I don't think there was an appreciable gain there at all. Well, it was work. It was going in that direction. Oh, it was going to go there eventually. Well, correct. And that was the goal: was to either force China to drop their tariffs on our goods, or our tariffs on their goods would bring more manufacturing jobs back to the United States, where they should have been all that time. So, as a result of President Trump putting those tariffs on. The median price of a washing machine increased by $86 within months of the tariff. According to the American Action Forum, his tariffs combined have increased consumer prices by approximately $51 billion a year. Those are taxes, my friend. 
that we had to pay. Now, what if it created a hundred billion in more uh, payroll and the and the velocity of money here in the United States? It didn't, and it wouldn't. Oh, oh, you believe it would not have? I believe eventually it would have. I see. But so in the meantime, have our differences. Yeah, in the meantime, everybody's going broke trying to pay for anything that was manufactured uh, outside of the country. It's just. It's just nobody wins a trade war. Nobody. Well, what if the trade war is only fought on one side, that is China and Europe against the United States? Where do we end up with no manufacturing jobs whatsoever, no economy times the manufacturing jobs didn't disappear in the United States because they were going overseas. What happened is we had increases in productivity. And I pointed that out at the opening uh, when I was telling you about how many hours it takes just to make steel. According to the American Iron and Steel Institute, it took 10 hours to produce a ton of steel in 1980. Today, only an hour and a half. So what happens? You have fewer manufacturing jobs than there were 40 years ago. But those people that are still in manufacturing because the productivity gains are making a ton more money. I was in the steel industry back in the late 60s and early 70s, and the Sumitomo Mill was a brand new mill in Japan, and we were right next door to the World War II Kaiser Steel Mill, four miles away. This was out in Ontario, California, and the uh, Kaiser could not afford to upgrade their steel mill because of all the smog conditions we were dealing with. Oh, so the and government Sumit- got in the way. So Sumitomo Mill, I could buy 100,000 pounds of steel from them. They would load it on a ship, send it over to Long Beach Harbor. We'd pay the freight for 70 miles to get it out to our processing plant where we would convert it into painted steel products. Cheaper and better quality steel than I could get it from Kaiser four miles away. So you want to raise the price of steel that that would drive up the price of everything from automobiles to major appliances because that helps America how? Well, if you believe in the, the velocity of money and how it stimulates the economy times the lower tax rate equals greater uh, revenue to the federal government. Well, that's like a third-generation contingencies propositional time phase concept. (laughs) Gives me a systematized management monitored program. Listen, if you're lowering, a tariff is a tax. And if you want to lower taxes, you get rid of the tariffs. If those European countries or if China don't want to buy our goods, that means they're going to make their people suffer. Let them suffer. All right, I got to run, Herb. We're going to have to appreciate that we have a difference here, but I'm up against the clock, buddy. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show, Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 25 minutes after 10 o'clock, and Horatio said, Dr. Oz is a great candidate. Trump believes in him, and Trump really is a man of, by, and for the people. He's not a god, but sainthood is definitely a possibility. Dr. Oz is a great candidate. Well, let's see what they're throwing. First off, Dr. Oz is running against a guy that that nobody should be losing to. And this is a guy who's 
pushing uh, to raise taxes. In the meanwhile, in the meantime, he's not paying his taxes. This is a guy who thought he heard uh, a gun, uh, gunshots, jumped in his pickup truck with a shotgun and chased down a black guy who happened to be a jogger and held him at gunpoint. Uh, nobody should be losing to him. Nobody should be behind that idiot. But Oz, well, he's struggling. He is behind. And I, you know, I kind of hope that he does uh, prevail. But he is not and was not the best candidate. Mehmet Oz looked directly into the camera, introduced his daytime television viewers to a controversial weight loss approach. Taking a hormone that women produce during pregnancy combined with a diet of 500 calories a day, does it really work? Is it safe? Is it a miracle? Or is it hype? He asked uh, on the Dr. Oz show before introducing his audience to human uh, chorionic uh, gondotropin or HCG uh, as a weight loss uh, plan. In fact, there's little uncertainty about the HCG diet. Numerous studies conducted years before Oz uh, had shown the fertility drug doesn't cause weight loss, redistribute fat, uh, or suppress hunger. Ten months later, the FDA is warning seven companies marketing this product that they're violating the law. Not that I think they have that, you know, that it's their job, but I'm just telling you. Um they uh, he was asked about some of the products that he hyped and he wouldn't answer on his show he welcomed open honest conversation and opinion from all kinds of folks said uh, spokesman for the Oz campaign it's idiotic preposterous to imply that he shared the same beliefs and opinions as every guest on his show but he often would present caveats to treatments he spotlighted on his program and he promoted products that were dangerous. Not a very good candidate. I'm sorry, but Trump picked a stinker there. How could you be behind a guy who chased down a black guy with a shotgun because he saw him jogging? Uh, if I pay 50% more to buy a Cadillac in Tokyo, how much more should Americans pay for a Toyota? Americans should get the best deal they can. I don't care where it's made. We should get the best deal we can. Tariffs are a tax. Lowering taxes, Republicans used to say or used to know, was good for the economy. Uh, Gary, uh, this is David. Uh, you are 100% correct on Trump's Senate candidates. It will... Take an eve, uh, it'll take an even bigger red wave than any of us expect in order uh, to drag these guys across the line. The GOP needs to run the table in order to take control of the Senate. Please press Kevin Jackson on the issue Thursday. He continues to indicate the House and Senate will be a cakewalk. They won't be. I think they'll take the Senate, but it won't be a cakewalk. Uh, Chris, I wish you would have asked Herb to give an example of when tariffs have worked. They don't. It's simple economics. Yep. All right. Uh, 874-9390. Toll-free numbers 800-529-5572. I will now go down in history as a Trump hater in spite of all the good things I said that he did. That's just the way it works. It's the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network.
This is the Gary Nolan Show. 1035, glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. 874 uh, 5572 we, We've got uh, uh, Peter Dysak uh, talking about the NIH. You won't believe what they've done with your tax dollars. We'll get to that uh, in a few minutes. Uh, but apparently uh, CNBC is now talking about the oil prices uh, soon returning to $100 and OPEC. I pointed that out earlier today. But they go further and they suggest that this is going to be with us for a long time. I thought I heard somebody on the radio say those oil prices were going back up again. Anyway, uh, is this Eric the Liberal? Brian? I'm not. I think so, maybe. Oh, boy. We never know which side he's going to fall on. Eric, welcome. How are you? Good, Gary. I apologize in advance, but I was going to be on your side. Oh, my God. So now I'm in trouble. I do, I do apologize, but because uh, I know that's not going to help your case. No, it's... it's... <laughs> but as far as Trump being a god or a man of the people, I... So the trade war, so he cut taxes and increased government spending, which any economist would be able to tell you should skyrocket the GDP. But his three years before the pandemic, when he had a strong economy, was actually slightly lower than the last two years of the Obama administration. It was a good economy, but it was an actual slight decrease, which is inexplicable really with the tax he didn't lower government spending actually raised it he cut taxes so debt was going up of course somebody like arthur laffer would tell you that well you get more tax increases but you didn't and you have to actually you did trade. get it actually you there was wait 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 wait, wait 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 actually they did generate more tax revenue they outspent it um and uh, literally well, raised debt. the debt. I think deficits actually went up and debt. Deficits and debt went up under him. Well, if deficits go and, up, uh, debt goes up. Right. But that's that's not, my definition. That's not a, yeah, that, that's, that's not a, uh, because he cut but taxes. The only thing that would ex explain the economy not actually getting a boost from sizable tax cuts <laughs> is this trade war. And on, to, on him being a god or all-knowing, he was talking, in 2018, he was talking on his iPhones, non-secured iPhones, in the White House during the trade war, which were being intercepted, they believe, by China, the Chinese. And he refused to talk on secure phones because he liked to talk on his iPhone, which probably didn't help win a trade war when they pretty much know what your strategy is. So that's not godlike behavior. And as far as being a man of the people, his tax cuts, ironically, they were permanent tax cuts for the wealthy, but he sunsetted the tax cuts on the middle class. So... That's not exactly what I would classify as a man of the people. Like, you you actually didn't make the tax cuts on the lower and middle class permanent. So that's not well, tax a cuts, man of the people move, Tax cuts it? on the wealthy should be permanent. Uh, I, I think they outpay us. I'm not us. getting into that, that part. I was just saying, with the statements that he's a man of the people, how do, how do you square that 
with him sunsetting the tax cuts on the middle class if he's a man of the people. That's what one of your callers said. So I don't, I, I just wanted to kind of agree with you, although I probably dislike Trump a little bit more than you do. Well, I don't, I don't dislike Trump. I, I think he did some no, things that were very good. I just think he also screwed the pooch several times. And now that you've helped me out, that's like going swimming in shark-infested waters and having somebody throw me an anchor. Thanks, it's Eric. It's a lot like an endorsement from the KKK or something. Yeah. It's <laughs> just, like having a hangman say you right? got a nice neck. All right. Thanks, Eric. All right. You have a good one. You too. Yeah. Take care. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show, I think. Uh, Keith said, Trump has endorsed over 200 candidates. He's only had one loss, Madison Catherine. I would say those are pretty good winning percentages. Yeah, there are a lot of Trump fans in the Republican Party. That doesn't tell me how he's doing in the general election. You can disavow and bash Trump all you want, but even you said he's been one of the best presidents ever. I said, yeah, he was. he's better than any Republican president since Reagan, but by no means was he great. Nobody is perfect. He does have an ego. Well, now you're the master of understatement. But he does get the job done and no political experience coming in and went on as uh, one of the best. That is to say something. What? And went on uh, to be one of the. That is to say something to you, Gary. Yeah, it says he's, you know, popular within the Republican Party. Doesn't mean that uh, that he was, you know, a, a great, uh, a, you know, great at picking candidates. He wasn't. The, the the things that he did wrong as president were limited to the trade war, not the tax cuts. Tax cuts were fine. I have no problem with tax cuts. Uh, and he increased spending. I know he said that he wasn't going to, uh, you know, pass another one of those increases, but, but he did. Republicans continued to spend like there's no tomorrow. He didn't cut spending anywhere. We're almost at $31 trillion, and the Republicans are as big a chunk of that as the Democrats. When do we wake up and go, listen, these are two parties that are both left to center, that don't have the courage to do what it takes to save the Republic? When do we step up to the plate and say, that's enough of this? We need people with principle. Tom says, uh, Trump is a man of the people. I've even heard talk that the Catholic Church is looking... <laughs> Tom, funny. Uh, yeah, the Catholic Church is looking to make him a saint. Oh, boy. All right. Again, it's, it's, this is not a Trump polemic. Cutting taxes was good. Uh, deregulating was good. Getting us the uh, getting us out of the Paris Accord was good. Not getting us into another war was good. Well, the rest were a little questionable. Uh, wait a second, Nelson. Oh man, I just hit your button, Nelson, and you're not on topic. What's on your mind? <laughs> good morning, Gary. How you doing, man? I'm, Speaking uh, of Texas. Uh, Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, no, I, I I hit the button and didn't read the uh, screener, but what's going on? Uh, just real quick, man, speaking of taxes, man, we in Columbia pay so much in tax, man, for parks and recs to be having a public bathroom. 
looking like how they are, man. So keep doing a nice job and keep up the good work, man, and have a nice month. Put it like that. <laughs> okay. Nelson, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. 874-9390. Toll-free numbers 800-529-5572. The NIH. You're just not going to believe this. This defies common sense. Listen in. This morning, get this one, that the National Institute of Health, the NIH, has awarded new funding to EcoHealth Alliance for bat coronavirus research. According to the NIH's website, $653,000 was awarded to Peter Daszak and EcoHealth in late September. So just, just recently to specifically analyze future bat coronavirus emergence in multiple countries. You'll remember Peter Daszak and EcoHealth Alliance did COVID research at the Wuhan lab funded by taxpayers. Daszak was the lone US-based representative for the World Health Organization's investigation into COVID-19 origins, which has yet, as they say, to be officially determined. That's insane. That is absolutely insane. Why would we give that group money? I, I, I'm, I'm beside myself with this. This is, just, this is just plain stupid. All these questions swirling around what they've done in the past and the whole China flu uh, uh, epidemic and all that nonsense. And then we turn around and we give them money? It's baffling, isn't it? It's like the government never learns. It never learns I don't even know what to tell you just take that as an aside of the insanity of big government and why you want to get the government pared down to its constitutional limits because they don't learn they just don't that's incredible all right up against the clock quick break back here in just a few on the Gary Nolan show Zimmer Radio Network. It's 50 minutes, 5.0, 50 minutes after 10. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Terry Marie says Oz was a mistake. Can't imagine him losing against the chosen Democrat, but Oz will bite us all in the butt someday. He's a Trojan horse. Uh, Trump as a saint. Next thing you know it, he'll be instructed. Uh, he'll be inducted in the Baseball Hall of Fame. All uh, righty. All right, listen. Uh, we got to move on. We've got... Uh, the Supreme Court approval. And it may not seem like it's a big deal, but it is. You want the courts to be above reproach. And that's at every level, civil, criminal, uh, state, local, federal. You want to know that the judges are doing their job, that they're not influenced by politics, uh, in fact, that's why the Founding Fathers wanted them elected for life at the federal level. You never have to worry about getting another job. You don't have to worry about uh, anything but being an honest arbiter of whatever case is in front of you. And for years, the Supreme Court has been dominated by the left. Since the years of FDR, uh, the vote in time that saved nine, the Democrats have had a majority and that, frankly, is how Democrats have perverted the country's 
you know, uh, freedoms and liberty and taxes and everything else. They've done it because they got the Supreme Court to rubber stamp it. And they got that because they were dominated by the left. Well, now things have changed. And they're dominated by the right. Now, what happens when the left makes a Supreme Court decision that most of us disagree with? Brian and I have been working together for 15 years. We have seen all kinds of Supreme Court decisions from the left where we'd slap our forehead and go, how the hell did they conclude that? That doesn't make sense. We, But not once that I can recall did we say that the Supreme Court was a flawed institution. Uh, not once, uh, once did we imply that the Supreme Court was being influenced unduly. We just disagreed with their decisions. Well, now that the Democrats and the progressives have lost control for the first time in almost 100 years, they're not used to losing. And instead of just saying, what the hell were they thinking? We don't understand how they concluded this. They're saying that the Supreme Court is corrupt. Now you can't have that belief in the system that it is above politics. You, you can't believe that the court system can be trusted. And that is dangerous. And the Democrats are promoting it. 100 days after the Supreme Court overruled Roe v. Wade and ended the constitutional right to an abortion, public approval of the court has dropped to historic lows as it prepares to open its new term. According to a Gallup uh, poll that was released on Thursday, just 47% of Americans said they have at least a fair amount of trust in the judicial branch, representing 20 percentage point drop from just two years ago and seven points since last year. Record number of people now view the court as too conservative. They're comparing it, of course, to 100 years of dominated by the left. And the Democrats, including... Elena Kagan and others on the Supreme Court are literally attacking that institution. This is dangerous because if you you already have questions about the election process and then you turn around and have questions about the Supreme Court, you've got a recipe for a revolt that is almost certain to happen. Democrats need to stop vilifying the Supreme Court. Disagree with their conclusions. Ask what the hell were they thinking. But quit vilifying the court. Because they, they're doing what they believe is right. Even the progressives did what they believed was right. They just had the wrong premise. But that didn't make them corrupt. That didn't make the court corrupt. Democrats need to knock that off. Uh, speaking, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the economy here in a minute because I think something drastic is coming.
I was reasonably sure that we were in a recession, fact positive. But I think something worse is going on. I don't know if you've heard about what's going on at Credit Suisse, but I, I, I got a feeling something is boiling underneath that's going to be even more drastic than just the recession. We'll chat about that in the next hour. In the meantime, David is on in Centralia. David, welcome. How are you? Hey, uh, occasionally you'll say you don't know why something's happening. Remember the old hippie professors, Cloward and Piven? Piven, yeah. yeah. And these guys said, how you conquer the United States, you spend it to death? Yeah, uh, we're well, doing it. That's exactly what they're doing to us, and, and we're going along with it. You know, <laughs> unfortunately, everybody likes free money. And uh, it's, it's not free, like you say, but Cloward and Piven, a couple old hippie professors, I think old, big old Obama was reading that book. Yeah, and, uh, he was and friends with one of them. So how do we stop this, David? Well, guess what? They got the power of the money behind them. It's hard to stop free money. You know, you give it away, give it away, and people say, well, I'll take, I'll take my, my little bit, and... Uh, it's, it's, it's difficult. That's, that's why you got so many people on the on the other side of the coin, the political aisle, because they, they keep getting paid for what they're doing. Now, on our side of the aisle, we have to go to work every day, and you have to pay taxes, and it's it's, it's not a paying uh, job, I say, or a there's no dividends in it. Anyway, we need principled uh, voters to elect principled officials. We don't have it. David, thank you. Thank you. All right, glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, <clears throat> what's going on at Berkeley? We'll talk about that. The economy. Um, something, is, something is broiling. Something is really going wrong that I think is bigger than just this recession. And, and I'm not sure how it pans out in the end. Uh, but we'll talk about that. Uh, also, Los Angeles Times has a story about election workers trained for battle against conspiracy theories and misinformation before the midterms. I am curious to see how many, how many of you who believe that the Trump election was stolen are going to work as poll watchers. We'll talk about that next on the Gary Nolan Show. Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show 